It is time for the Dirty Sheet Show, motherfuckers. It is a Friday, so that means we are back on the air. And we are back on the air with a new Twitter for the show. And that is, or X, whatever the fuck this is nowadays. Um, and that is at Dirty Sheets X. So I should kind of remember that since it has seven X at the end of it. Uh, there is no more lock betting for this show. We are strictly going to be using at Dirty Sheets X when it comes to doing this wrestling Twitter when it comes to this show. Uh, what is your other Twitter, Billy Boy, that you got? Yeah, so it's at Dirty Sheets X for wrestling only. And um, to ensure that is the case, anybody who tweets my gambling Twitter with anything about wrestling will be immediately blocked. Um, that's positive or negative. You need to go over to the wrestling page to talk about wrestling. That's going to be run by Cav. And Cav is going to be tweeting my thoughts that will be tweeted to him via a WhatsApp message. <laughs> and then he's going to post it onto Twitter. There will be no way for me to communicate with you. And there will be no way for you to communicate with me unless you go through the proper channels of subscribing to um, the things that we're going to be doing in the Dirty Sheets in the future. So you can talk to me via the um, via my Patreon, which is thedirtysheets.com. You can talk to me by asking a question when we go on to YouTube. But before we do that, we still need to um, qualify for that. So we did put out a video last week telling people about all of the updates that we will be doing. But um, in what was a miscommunication from me, it's 3,000 hours, not 3,000 views. Ah. We need 3,000 hours viewed. But um, our shows are nearly an hour, but that one just fell shy. It was 50 minutes. So we're getting there. We're at 1,500. We're halfway there, and we've only put out two videos. So hopefully in four or five videos' time, we'll be able to get over the line with that. So – I'm going to quickly tell you how we're going to do that. So I'm going to speak for three or four minutes. And, and tell people to, where to, to go follow to, what we're doing. Go to subscribe but, to that too and everything. Yeah, yeah I'm going to run through everything now as, as chronologically and as and as um, as easily as, as possible. So first of all, get a housekeeping out of the way. The Dirty Sheets Twitter is at Dirty Sheets X. The betting Twitter, if you want to talk to me about sports betting, if you want to sign up for the service, my my new betting Twitter is at LockBettingX. Now, um, there is um, there is a reason for that. The other Twitter is on a suspension, but it is not on one of those permanent bans where I can't get it back. Oh, I only lucky. need to actually sort out a, D I need to sort out a DMCA or DCMA, whatever it is, um, copyright infringement, and I have 30 days to, um, to answer that. But I'm not going to bother. And here's why. Because quite simply... It's a dead Twitter. I have to pay £11 a month for it through Twitter Blue, and I am not authorized for monetization, even though I tick every single box of having over 500 followers and already paying for Twitter Blue. And um, I'm able to um, host spaces, which are the three things that you need to be able to do. I still don't qualify for monetization. So I, um, I set up a new account and I also experimented with my Soccer Gallon podcast account and they are all qualified for monetization. So obviously, during the pandemic, under the previous ownership, not that Elon's any better, uh, he gets um, 
it's basically said by a lot of people, oh, we've got free speech now. You haven't. You haven't got no nope. free speech. You're stupid if you think you've got free speech. Um, you don't. Ask Cav, ask me. I, I'm, I'm on suspensions continuously. So somewhere along the line, I was shadow banned. Nobody can see my tweets unless they go to my page. They rarely pop up. People tell me that all the time saying, oh, we always have to look on your page to see what you're saying or whatever. So um, unless I get um, found via conversation where I use the hashtags and I pop up under certain hashtags, I don't get found in terms of if you're following me, unless you turn notifications on, I won't just pop up on your page. That's because I'm under a serious shadow ban and therefore I cannot monetize. What's the point? of me going forward for years and years with that account when it will never be what I want it to be. So um, I want to have an account where it doesn't have any limitations on it. That's going to require me to shut the fuck up and bite my tongue and not get political or controversial or argue with fucking idiots on Twitter. And the fucking idiots tend to come from wrestling. So Cav is going to deal with the morons and he is probably just going to block them, to be honest. And I am going oh, I'm not to blocking with anybody. I... Nobody's ever getting blocked on mine. They could yell and well, scream whatever. and everything. They're just not going to get fucking replied to. Why? What? Who cares? Yeah. Whatever way you want to style it out, you are more mentally equipped <laughs> to deal with that. I, I don't have tolerance or the patience or the capacity to walk away from a fight so although apparently i did apparently i ran from a fight from sean ross sap she's so fucking scary well, it's in person um, not over but, a keyboard um, of course yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um but yeah so so um i i want to fully focus on on rebuilding that um that gambling that gambling twitter up so i'd rather i'd rather start again i'm not going to make any attempts to retrieve the the other one so it's a fresh start at dirty sheets x at lockbank x follow one for one thing and one for the other do not cross the two things over that would just be an immediate block um so yeah i mean it's pretty straightforward if you say anything to me on the on the wrestling on the wrestling Twitter, I will 100% know about it. And mm -hmm. I mean, I'm talking from a positive standpoint or you want a question answered or anything like that. But as I said, we are setting everything up for us to be easily communicate, easily um, contactable via what we do on podcasting. So if you didn't listen to the main YouTube show, go and listen to it because there is a lot more detail, but I'm just going to skim through the details very very quickly here there's going to be a whole load of new shows so on monday or rather on tuesday the day after raw i will immediately be putting out a short show covering monday night raw i did one the other day me and cab are going to talk about that shortly in terms of um what he thought about it and what he thought about raw and what he thought about my thoughts in relation to raw so that's going to be out every single Monday. Cab is going to drop an audio piece in the middle of the week as well, giving his thoughts, possibly on Raw, possibly in the week in wrestling in general, possibly about AEW, whatever he wants to do. But that will not start until September. So you will not get Cab's audio drop until September because he's only going to do that when the NFL starts. Because when the NFL starts, I will be doing the Dirty Sheets as a solo show. Now, when I do that solo show, you guys should by then be able to interact and ask me questions if the YouTube is ready. So if we can get another 1,500 hours of um, content viewed, which isn't that difficult, because if we do one one-hour show 
and 1,500 people view it, we're there. Um, or if we do two shows and 750 people view each one and they watch the whole thing, we're there. So it's not going to be that difficult. Next week, we are going to be releasing our SummerSlam preview on there. And the first episode of Wrestling Lists is going to be a free show done on YouTube. What the fuck is Wrestling Lists? Well, I'll tell you. Wrestling Lists is one of the shows that we are going to be releasing on the feed. So you're going to get your raw review from me. You're going to get a piece of audio from Cav, a weekly review. You're going to get the um, the SmackDown review after SmackDown. And then you're going to get one of four shows every single week as a bonus show. It's going to be either the Wrestling Informer, Wrestling Lists, or superstar profiles and the way it's going to work in order is going to be the wrestling informer in, in the um, or whatever order it runs into but the the general plan is to have a wrestling informer followed by a wrestling lists followed by a wrestling informer which is going to be fortnightly followed by a superstar profile so superstar profile and wrestling lists you will get once every single month. Wrestling Informer you'll get twice. So over a four-week period, that will be how it runs chronologically. Wrestling Informer, Wrestling Lists, Wrestling Informer, Superstar Profiles. So that is how we are going to move forward. That is going to mean that with Raw and SmackDown and Cavs Audio and the bonus show, you are going to get four brand new shows and you are going to continue to get the dirty sheets, which will become an interactive show where we ask you guys, what do you want to talk about? So, so you can find the audio, the um, the soundboard drop there, that's where it would go, Kev. Um, but um, but yeah, so that that that's how we're going to be moving forward. So these are not going to be all free shows. The Dirty Sheets, as I've always said, and Kev even disagreed with us when he said to me, Jesus Christ, we're getting... X thousands of listeners a week. We should be monetizing this. We should be selling ads, and and we should be. We should be selling ads. Um, we don't qualify though for the good ads. The good ads we could easily qualify them if we did two three shows a week, um, because um, those are the good ads where you read the adverts out yourself. That's what the sponsors want. They want people to read out the adverts. We qualify for the shitty ads. We just need to pay a higher subscription fee and then we can get ad insertions, which I have done. So perhaps you may get a few more ads popping up on the show, but they won't be read by me. The real money comes when we, we read the ads. So we had an option to do a whole load of new shows and read out loads of adverts for them or, or for them, or we simply are going to ask you guys for $6 a month for four brand new shows which is $1.25 a week. $1.25 a week is what we're asking for. And then you'll get all four four of those bonus shows. So that's 16 shows a month for $6. It's ridiculous. Like, I don't think that's a a heavy commitment at all for, for people, given how many people have asked us to do more shows or when we tease a show, they say, when's it coming out? When's it coming out? When's it coming out? Well, now you get Raw, you get SmackDown, you get Cab's bonus show, you get Wrestling Informer, which is back, you get the original Dirty Sheets, which and also you get Wrestling Lists and Superstar Profiles. We've never done more shows. So if we don't get that investment of $1.25 a week from people, 
then really this is a complete waste of time. I have a Patreon, or I don't have a Patreon anymore. I have a another another venture, obviously, in sports betting where I charge my clients either 60 or $125 a month. They want soccer at 60 if they want all sports, it's $125 a month. And I can charge because I've delivered 121 months in a row of transparent track profit. But what I've also over the last nine years has been an unparalleled an unparalleled amount of accurate news. So if it's the news you want, you'll get that via the wrestling informer. Or if you want to go higher up to the $10 tier on um, on the subscription service, then you'll get breaking news audios added as and when they happen. So the one thing I'll say about that tier is it's not going to be a promise to do something every single week or every single day. It's very likely you'll get a piece of audio every week. It's very likely you'll get two pieces of audio a week, but I don't control the news. So you could get four in one week and none in another. I just don't know because it's real news. I do real fucking news when something actually happens. So I can't promise you when those audio bits want, will drop. But if you want to increase your investment in in the dirty sheets to $2.50 per week. Have I added that up wrong? I have added that up wrong. It's $1.50 a week because we didn't go for $5, did we? We went for $6. We went 6 Yeah, so it's one... Yeah, sorry, I, we went to six. It's $1.50 per week to get all of our shows, or it's $2.50 per week if you want to add the news. So it's $10 a month to get everything, which includes the news. There's some other tiers on there, which will, um, which includes VIP privileges and even a tier where you can actually come on the show. I'm not going to go into those, and it's not very complicated. It's not a Patreon, and this is the thing I want to make clear. It is a Patreon in terms of, via Podbean, who are our podcast host. It is a Podbean-run Patreon, but you don't need to go to patreon.com. All you need to do is when you see a podcast pop up and you say, hey, I want to listen to that podcast, um, you will need to click the subscribe button and then you can just pay through your Apple app or however you pay. You don't need to do anything in terms of going to subscribe or going to another website or anything. This is really, really simple. So you can cancel it or you can join at any time. So what we're going to do is at the moment, you've already had a raw show from me. You're going to get a smackdown from me. Cab's going to drop an audio piece um, just next week just just to just to so you guys can you've heard you know his voice but you can see what the what the piece is going to be like and you're going to get a wrestling lists on youtube and you're going to get a wrestling informer next week and you're going to get the SummerSlam preview for free so you're still going to get a whole bunch of free content you're going to get a taste of what it's like to get a whole load of extra content for us for a week and then and then it will be some of it moving behind a paywall as i said if this Dirty Sheep show is enough for you, it will always be free because it is a show that I feel confident that um, now that I've upgraded uh, the podcast, we will be able to get advertising on this tier and it will be more worth doing. Not that we do it for the um, the money. I kind of do this for respect and to or to this actually to disrespect um, certain people in this industry. But I've had my fun with that and um, I've come to learn that you can, can't get all of the people like it's just common sense that you can't get all of the people to you you can literally shove something in their face and make it crystal clear but it and the thing is i didn't just learn this from wrestling like i learned it from the fact that there was there was a pandemic 
and people turn around and say, oh, we have to have a jab. Oh, and oh my God, no, like there's certain people who are not going to have the jab. So let's go and have a second jab because a load of people didn't have the first jab and it's, and it's, and it's their fault. So we've got to have a second jab. And oh, there's a whole load of people that still want to have the jab. So now we've got to have a third jab. That's when I learned how fucking stupid people were um, when people were wearing masks to restaurants and taking them off at their table and then putting them back on to go to the toilet. That's when I learned how mm. stupid were, people were. I've learned that some people are just going to go along with what they're told to believe, like inflation's a good thing and, um, a, and, and a fat woman on the cover is beautiful and men can be women and women can be men. I've learned that people are that fucking stupid that they will just go along with any narrative that they're told to believe in. Now, I didn't realize that when I got into wrestling. I thought if I could show people the light, if I could show people that Meltzer is wrong and I am right and, and he's a fraud and I am real and, and Sean Ross Sapp and Ryan Satin and this, that and the other. No, you are going to, certain people are going to go with the establishment. It doesn't matter how logical my argument is or how illogical the other thing is. You're still going to get people getting booster after booster until they fucking drop dead. So it doesn't make any fucking difference. So at this point, I'm not doing this to be a pain in the ass to other people. We deserve to get paid for our efforts. And I know people don't want us to go away when Roman Reigns loses the belt like I wanted to. So if you want us to stick around, support the show for once and um, and go and get yourself involved by listening to the additional content. So I think, have I covered everything? I, I think so. Um yeah, and and first off, that's why I'm running the Twitter. And uh, secondly, it's up to you guys if we continue to do this or not. So I don't know whether to root for this to fail or to root for it to succeed. I do. I prefer money, so I hope it succeeds. You know, you're running the Twitter. Yeah. You can't be putting tweets out, retweeting your Kennedy guy and trying to get him to win. <laughs> this I know you're in love with this stuff. I am in love with uh, Kennedy now. Kennedy, Kennedy. Um yeah, that Twitter is uh nothing to do with anything but fucking wrestling. And it's basically going to be me copying pasting what uh Billy sends to me and says put this out there unless I know it'll get the account fucked, then I won't. But um so I get to censor Billy. But the thing is, if Billy's sending me anything to tweet, it's going to be about wrestling. It's not going to be about anything else. So, because it's not like he's going to be scrolling through on that Twitter looking at other things that are happening in the world and giving an opinion, and that that's when we get in trouble. So, it'd just be random thoughts off his head that have to do with wrestling and um, news or something like that with wrestling. So, uh, you're not going to get any nonsense on that thing at all. Uh, it's going to be news or thoughts about wrestling and what's going on so get make sure to do dirty sheets uh x at dirty sheets x on x but, or twitter whatever you want to call it, it can still, but as you can say it can still be thoughts that people won't like like for example um obviously the raw show i did that's not going to be for everybody because it is done in our way and you can hit you can just imagine certain people listening to that show and listening to certain parts of it and going, oh, this guy's a piece of shit. This guy's yeah, sure. a sex sexist bastard. Piece of shit. We're still going to be doing all that. And still gonna, yeah, and I'm still going to be on there. Like the, the tweet on there at the moment I sent to Cap today, 
they're still flat out telling you that AEW is nowhere near a sellout. And that doesn't go along with the, the narrative of people where it's like, oh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. You're wrong. You're full of shit. Or people, when people were going to me, when Meltzer's like, oh, it's it's just about to go past WrestleMania 3. And people would tag me in it and go, ha ha. Yeah, you're a moron. Like, this is exactly what I'm telling you. Like, this, the reason I'm saying it's not is because somebody's saying it is. If nobody was saying anything, then I wouldn't have anything to say. Do you get what I mean? Sure. I'm disputing what's being said. If not, if people were just saying, oh, we don't know how many tickets they sold, I wouldn't be saying, well, I know they've sold this many. But it's because somebody else is saying they sold 70,000 plus, and I have to say, well, from a legal standpoint, I know that's bullshit. That's why they're making me talk. I'm, I'm um, batting off the lies. I'm having to, I'm being called out where I'm in a position where I need to say something based on the facts, which is a key word that, that these people don't understand, the facts that um, that I'm aware of. But um, we'll talk about AEW in a, in a bit because we have a, um, I want to go fully through it and kind of give my point of view as to why I'm really far behind with it. Um, but let's start with uh, with Raw. Um, thoughts on the the show and your own thoughts on the sh- thoughts. Yeah, thoughts on my show and your thoughts of on oh, Jesus, your thoughts on my thoughts and then your thoughts on the show. That's what I was trying to say. So when I listened to your show, I, I got a kick out of. Um, I mean, it was all you know. We're talking about the women for the most part, and uh, your thoughts on each. We've gone we've gone over this quite a few times on this show before. Where now since Mandy is gone. Um, I think you're right on the money when you uh, you were rating each one of, and going down about why each one is good or bad and all that stuff. And your your uh, favorite now is Maxine, which uh, I'm not jumping up and down. I I see it, but but I'm I'm not going crazy. Liv is still I think top top talent. Um, the Rhea thing, like you you nailed it on the money when it came to me um, <laughs> if I liked it or not. That is a very special taste if somebody likes that kind of a thing or not, because all the tattoos and all that kind of shit, that's that's very, you know, if somebody likes that, which is surprising to me when it comes to uh, old buddy enjoying that shit. Um, uh, you've always thought uh, Charlotte was people do. Like- yeah, but I think Rhea is better than Charlotte. I think you're going to... Me too. If you're going to go down that route, if you're going to go down that route, then then go for Rhea. Because Charlotte's just very, I feel very, um, she's sort of... She's not as pretty. Just got the, the musk. She's just a normal looking... Yeah, as, as Rhea. Oh, Rhea without, Rhea without the black makeup? She's very pretty. Yeah, okay. So I, I think Charlotte's a normal type, a normal looking girl, uh, just above average. And but then she's got the the muscles. But I think if you're going to do that thing where you go for a girl who's who can beat you up, then you may as well go for for Rhea because she's prettier and she's got you know just I, I don't know what it is. I think obviously because it's if it's grown on me, it's grown on other people. I, I for me, I think it's more simplistic in terms of. I think she was okay before, but it was like I, I looked at her and was like, eh, I, "I could, I could do it," but I was like, "I'm not into the the, the gelled back black hair, like the super <laughs> yeah. short lesbo cut." 
now they're not there, like, she's getting more attractive all the time. Like, it's just, I just needed some hair. I just needed it to be at least at my length. Yeah, um, yeah, or, I, I can see that. Not, not know, a not, shaved part of not your a head. Boy, boy. No, and I think that was it. That that That's enough. Um, but I still think it's close between, but if, as I said, if you're going to go down that direction, it is a, it is a weird taste. And I think at this, I think at this point, you go with Jade or Rhea instead of um, instead of Charlotte because I think Charlotte was the one doing that thing, who had that thing initially, where it's like, like oh Charlotte will just fucking beat a boss of the the bedroom or, or whatever. Um, <laughs> even though her one of her boyfriends beat the fuck out of her in the bedroom, uh, but um, but anyway, so I think I think now that that's probably Rhea. Charlotte looks like she'd win a swim meet against other girls. That's for sure. Um, on my, when we did Miss Lingus this year, I made sure we had a plan between Rhea and Charlotte. Um, out of 36 voters, what do you think it was? Between Rhea and Charlotte, 36 voters. 36 people voted. What do you think it turned out? Oh. oh, I didn't think it was that close. Probably 28-8. 34 to 2. Uh, it's even bigger. <laughs> yeah. So uh, people, I mean, this is, Rhea's the hot one of the, you know, of the year. It's her year for sure. She was, she's the darling that everybody's behind. And I don't even think, obviously, it's for the looks more than, you know, um, just personality, character, uh, talent, things like that. She's, she's the, she's the go-to girl right now for sure. And people were like really rooting for her to, you know, okay, let's push her. And she's one of the stars. She's on, she's on NWO purple every, uh, you know, every segment they're on raw. It's that's what we call them now. Me and Fausti, when we do the show, NWO purple is out there because they're the whole show. They do it constantly. And I don't think it's something that's like, a great story with them. We're, we're, we have one thing going on right now because of the money in the bank thing and Finn. Um, and Dominic gets the, you know, North American and she already has the one. But I don't think it's like, oh, I can't wait to see them. They're not that at all for me. No, I don't think so either. Um, I, don't, I, I don't think that. I think that they they're on TV a lot, but I don't think anyone is particularly incredible, and I don't think their segments are incredible or their stories are incredible. Like, yeah, I don't I don't feel that. I'm I'm into Priest for sure. I really like him. I I've liked him for quite a while. I think he's got a look. He sounds fucking fantastic. Got a great voice, and um, I think if they do this storyline well, this could be good too. Because like I've been touting about where. I really want Finn to have, I wanted Finn to win this and I wanted priest to win the money in the bank. I said that on this show and I got half of it. Um, but much like everything else, even though Finn lost, it doesn't mean you just can't push it to the next show. So, you know, next is going to be Finn again. So it kind of like, all right, well, they got storyline to do because Finn was pissed off at, at priest. And so I really want Finn to win this win this title and either it be constantly 
a thorn in his side about worried about fucking priest because he's paranoid out of his fucking mind. And it could even be priest is a good friend to him and is not cashing in, but he's constantly up priest's ass about it, which is going to cause a problem. And it's like, dude, how many times do I got to fucking tell you? I'm not going to fuck you. But he like eventually fucks priest because he's so fucking paranoid or you get it to where priest does the, yeah, I, I, I told you I wasn't going to fucking, you know, I, I'm giving you all the opportunity. You get, you get Rollins, you get Rollins. Soon as he beats Rollins at SummerSlam, Priest comes in and cashes in on him, <laughs> which causes all hell to fucking break loose then with them. Um, but I, I like what Finn is doing right now because it's more in the realistic uh, world. I like a little reality with uh, wrestling to where he's been screaming about for seven years. I've been fucking pissed because Seth was a fucking asshole and, and fucking laughed in his face after he injured him, all that shit. So in real life, you'd be like, yeah, I haven't forgotten. I'm pissed. And, and it would drive him fucking crazy for this long. And now that he's, you know, a bad guy, he could show that he's pissed off about this. So I like that little bit of storytelling. It's almost like part of me thinks they're very proud of what they've done with Bloodline, right? And they know everybody's tuning in for their Bloodline stuff. So part of me thinks that they're like, mm. let's really like they really are sitting at a table and knuckling down and saying, Let's do something this good with multiple storylines. We can't only be good at this. We should be able to have a storyline for at least two other fucking stories that are this good. It shouldn't be terribly hard if that is your job. If me and you, if that was our jobs and we wake up in the morning and meet, you tell me we couldn't come up with fucking at least two storylines that would be sink your teeth into good. Uh, we we have I got a fucking real job. I'm not gonna be sitting about this all day and thinking, especially if you're not being paid for it. But if this is my job, I'm taking work home with me. I'm fucking sitting there thinking about this all night. What would I do? What would I do? So I kind of think they have the the part where they hear everybody touting them and saying how good this is. So they feel good and they say, "Look what we did! Look what we did!" And they're proud of it. So they go, "Well, let's fucking continue. Let's get something else that's really good." And then. You get two other storylines that are in that caliber. You don't have to top it a fucking world caliber because, I mean, every once in a while, th there's a storyline that comes around like this. This isn't an all-the-time thing. When you catch lightning like that, you think, if we just do two more storylines that are fucking three-quarters as good, this, is, this gets to that point to where it is now, let's all tune in for wrestling again like it used to be. And, oh, this is fun again. I can't wait to see what happens next on the soap opera. So I, I'm thinking they're semi-going to be doing this with uh, Judgment Day because I don't see any other storyline. We can get to L.A. Knight a bit because I have thoughts on everybody crying about L.A. Knight, about the pay-per-view. And um, if you want to comment on the, the Judgment Day thing, we could talk a little bit about the L.A. Knight stuff because I, I have an opinion about that. I'm still getting the pause. I didn't have it before. Now I now I have the pause. Yeah, I still got the pause from you every once in a while. But oh, you don't talk. I don't miss a word still, so mm. um with the um with the judgment day thing, yeah, it's a case I can understand what they're what they're trying to do. They're trying to obviously create a dynamic where you have the bloodline on, on one show and it's easy to 
book throughout where you bookend the show with something with a bloodline at the start and something with a bloodline at the end and you've created compelling characters and you know that you can utilize 40 minutes of tv and people will be engaged in it because of the work that you've done i don't feel that they've done they, they they've i wouldn't say they haven't done the work with these guys um but it's not hitting the same way it's difficult to hit the same way as the bloodline but this feels more forced. It feels like they, they want to turn around and say, we really want to make these people the stars as opposed to they are the actual stars. Now, maybe that would take longer. Uh, the Bloodline is a three-year story arc, whereas this, this was just a group that turned on Edge a year ago. Don't forget that last year's WrestleMania, Edge was involved in a program with AJ Styles. And a year ago, this group turned out of the blue and were primarily feuding with edge um even mm-hmm. to the point where finn balor lost a feud with edge at wrestlemania and it really only got going properly when dominic turned at clash of the castle in september so we're really under a year in with this with this group but it does feel like they want them to be over with the dominic thing if I run through people one by one rhea's found her her groove she was really lost when she came up to the main roster from NXT because she almost had the Goldberg thing. And the problem with Goldberg, um, Yokozuna, Ryback, Umaga, people booked in that ilk, is when they lose, they don't have anything left. It's like they haven't developed mm-hmm. a, 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 a personality or anything other than the fact that they were a monster. And once a monster get slayed then what do you do with them and nobody's been able to work that out um n- none of those guys were ever the same once the aura of invincibility was was lost and that goes even further like that like they were they were trying to create that with people even like rusev who who did convey more of a personality eventually and it's whether you can show a personality after your shoulders are pinned to the mat or whether you just need to carry on on the unbeaten crusade and pretend you didn't lose. And that was almost what Goldberg did through his entire career, where it was like, oh, I, I, I lost, but here's the men in black, the men in black taser, where I come back and it's supposed to be incredible if Drew beats me and Roman beats me and Brock beats me and Lashley beats me. That was the problem with Goldberg. With Rhea, she was lost because on the main roster, she wasn't booked as unbeatable. She lost pretty much immediately to Charlotte. Um, so, well, I mean, Charlotte challenged, Charlotte won the Royal Rumble and challenged her to the NXT title. She wasn't even on the main roster. So that was a horrible start for us. Like, oh, you're invincible. Oh, we're going to take away your, you're going to come onto the main roster as someone who lost the NXT title at WrestleMania. What a start. Um, so it was, it was bad for her initially. And now she's found herself. This is the best version of her, I think, in, in, in terms of um, her talking, her confidence, her swagger, her crowd engagement, the way, the way that she fits into this group the way that she's um, picked up wins and rebuilt herself and the fact that men are, are finding her attractive. Whereas maybe if I walked into a tattoo shop and there was probably Rhea Ripley there about to do my tattoo, 
because that's what tattoo shop girls look like, um, I probably wouldn't think twice about fucking her. Um, but now, I've, as I always say to you, um, the girl next door, mm-hmm. if she's attractive, will always will always win out over the or the girl you work with will always win out over the girl that you can watch on Pornhub immediately. Pornhub is there immediately, but you have no um, no relationship, no mental relationship with the porn star. Um, if it's a girl who did who worked at the WWE like Paige, and she's getting fucked. Oh my God, I can't fucking wait to see that. Like, mm-hmm. I'll fucking, I'll fucking pay $40 to see that. Like, like that's, what, that's how them. it used to be. Yeah, like when Pam Anderson was, um, mm-hmm. was, did a sex tape, I stole uh, my dad's checkbook, <laughs> my dad's checkbook, and forged his signature and sent it in to get the tape. <laughs> like, there was, a, there was a missing, there was a missing check from my dad's checkbook. Because I wanted to watch that, um, I think I was fourteen or fifteen at the time. But um, that's th- and that's what that's that's what shit like that can can do. So that that's that's what it is. Once you once you have that that connection with people at work, and that's what's going on with, with Rhea. The Dominic thing, I feel, I actually don't think he's very good. I think he's a bad talker. I think he's a very average wrestler. But he has got the, he's got the perfect character for Heat. He's the son of a guy who's never been heel because Dominic uh, Rey Mysterio could not be a heel. Yet his son is a heel, so it's the perfect person. There's, there's a few others. If if John Cena had a son and he does all that charity work mm-hmm. and his son turned out to be a heel, that would be someone who could be booed. Nick Hogan could do it, but he hasn't. Nick Hogan didn't get into wrestling. John Cena doesn't have a son. Brett Hitman Hart's son didn't wrestle. Shawn Shawn Michaels, if he has a son, I don't know, didn't wrestle. So all of these guys who turned on their legendary dads, we haven't seen it before. This is really the first that I can recall. Oh, the gun club. You you, you forget the gun club. (laughs) Well, we had David Flair um, as well before. Yeah, but we had Charlotte tried to turn on Rick too. But Mm -hmm. this this is... very different because obviously this this is um this is one of those guys that I I mean Charlotte and Rick didn't work just because it was um it was we we'd seen her as a heel already and she would establish herself as a good respectable performer and it almost helps that he's not very good in the ring and it helps that he feels entitled and no I don't think he's good oh, I think he's uh, and, and, and I don't think I don't, and I don't think he's a good talker either. He fumbles and bumbles over line. He's just got really good heat. And what he is good at is intensifying the heat. He's good at not being good. He's good at making himself look like an entitled little prick who used his dad and then doesn't even doesn't even realize how spoiled he is was and how fortunate he is. That's what he's good at. So the fact that he's not a 10 out of 10 wrestler and a 10 out of 10 promo kind of proves that he's entitled and been placed in the wrong position. It's like he's the, um, it's like he's the, 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 like the, the, the coach putting his quarterback in and you'd be pissed off if he wasn't like winning games. Um, that, that's, that's kind of what Dominic is. So I think the Dominic thing is hitting, uh, but it's Let not for the reasons that, that people think. I, I just, mm. uh, where, where do you put uh, Ray one out of 10, one through 10 in Mike skill? 
Ray. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a difficult question to to ask me because Mike's skills now are, are different in terms of okay, we can all turn around and go, oh well, um, Roman's the best and CM Punk is the best, and and we can we can say that, but was Sean the best? when Shawn Michaels was 1996 stripper trying to be a babyface. Like when, when he was gay Sean trying to be a good guy and was getting booed, was that the best? Or was it the best when he turned around and was like, fuck you, I'm going to be a fucking degenerate. I'm going to take this backstage prick and bring him out onto TV. Was that the best? Was that one of the best versions of him? Was Brett good when he was like, oh, the best there is, the best there was, I'm going to give it 110% for my fans. Or is he going to be like, Fuck, fuck America. Fuck this country. Like, I'm a 100% Canadian. Was that the best? So, Rey Mysterio is very good at being like, hey, I'm just a good guy. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm out here for the fan. Like, you know, talk, chucking a bit of Spanish in there. He's a very good underdog. He does a very good underdog promo. I don't know where, if you can use, there's no way you can put him among the best. You can certainly say that he does what he's supposed to do. Whatever, it, like, this is a thing. You can't, you can't have a tin of beans and say that it's the best fucking food that you've ever had. On the, on, the can, on the tin, it says that this is supposed to be a tin of beans. I'm talking about UK, like, beans, beans on toast. Like, it's, when you want beans on toast and you just want some, like, fucking toast and butter and put some hot beans on there, that can be the best meal in the world. Like, if you fucking really want beans on toast, then beans, what beans say in the can, that's what it is. If you want a big fucking piece, is cheese the best food in the world? No, but if you want to fucking have some cheese, if you want to go and bite into a big block of fucking cheddar, like that's all, that's might be what you want at the time. It's 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 difficult to say what the best is. It's like comparing like fucking steak and, and burgers. Sometimes you can have steak for seven days and sometimes you just want a fucking dirty, dirty Big Mac. It doesn't mean it's better. Yeah. Like so it's so difficult to say, but Ray Mysterio does his job very, very well but he will never be considered the best promo because he's never done anything that hits like Shawn Michaels um, doing that promo where he, when he was in Montreal and he was teasing that Bret Hart was coming out when he was facing Hulk Hogan. Um, he's never done, like there's never been promos like Randy Savage was cutting on Hulk Hogan leaning into WrestleMania five. Um, you know, when Sergeant Slaughter was, was better when he was like, a heel as a champion and he was really like fucking uh, cutting promos to the point where people wanted to fucking bomb WrestleMania 7 <laughs> um, and, and wanted to bomb his house and he got death threats. That's working. CM Punk was working when he was a heel. The Rock was working so well as the leader of the nation of domination. They had to turn him into the number two baby face in the country in the company where he was right up Austin's ass the entire time. So there's so many examples of people being at their best when they're given certain roles. There's a best version of everyone. So the Ray question is very difficult because and because he's only ever been one thing. And the thing is with Dominic, does he come out of this and does he generate this much heat if he's not Ray's son? And can he go back to babyface from this and and still be successful? It's really difficult to, to say. Um, uh, as for the other two people in the group, like, yeah, Priest... Priest is a really hard sell for me because he lost the Bad Bunny and wasn't on the WrestleMania card. And now we're looking at him potentially finishing the year up as a world champion. Um, Priest and Bowler, you have two 40-year-olds 
who are supposed to be in this young group that's supposed to be the future. Um, but they're both older than Roman Reigns. And that's always a difficult sell for me. And it's a difficult sell with Cody Rhodes as well. When they're saying Cody Rhodes is the next guy, well, no, he's he was the next guy 10 years ago. And then he failed and had to go and work in some other shit company and then come back. So that's not the guy. Even though he's found his voice and what he's doing now works and finally he can be that super baby face that they can make a load of money off, but he's not the guy they can make money off and should be beating Roman Reigns and, and leading the company for the next 10 years. He should have two or three really good like title reigns on Raw. Like he, he should be on top for the next three, four years on Raw with that other belt. But he should be beating Roman Reigns. So it's the same thing with Priest and, and Balor. Yeah, okay, Priest won, but he's 40 years old. And LA Knight would have been 40 years old too. The briefcase should have gone to Logan Paul because there's so much more that you could have done with it. Uh, for me, the age thing, I think times have changed so much that the 40 is not 40 anymore. Like, I look at my grandmother when she was 60. And they all had that bouffant hairdo. Every single old lady had that. My mother's in her 70s now, and I think she looks younger than my grandmother did at 60. It's it like people are, I don't know if you would say hipper now and stuff like that. So the 40, and and if you're in shape and stuff, because then you look at like Arn Anderson when he was fucking 30, looked fucking 50, shit like that. It's almost like how the person looks more than anything else. And plus we all know when people get, of that age in wrestling, they're better and they know what they're doing more. Um, their body lets them down more so, but that the age thing, I wouldn't even think twice. Like, Oh, like when I'm watching something, I don't go, Oh, this guy's old. This guy's old. Unless it's like that where you're getting into the flair territory where somebody is 60 and, you know, late fifties and you're like, okay, you know, I get this. Or even if they're 50, you're like, all right, this is that here and there show, you know, for them but it's to more wrestle. Of a case what, but it's more of a case what they wanted to do. But, like, it's the same thing. It's the Batista thing, where Batista joined WWE at 35, mm -hmm. and he only, he only wanted to do five years. Yeah. He only wanted five years on top. Because once he got that, that money and then got into Hollywood. He didn't want to do it anymore. So I'm not saying these guys are going to get into Hollywood. And I certainly don't think that's a danger with Finn Balor. I think that he's Mr. Wrestling through and through, but it's, you know, a case of what does, what does Damien Priest actually want to do? And also what does he do? That's extraordinarily <clears throat> good. That makes you think that he should be a world champion. I think the problem, it's more with a look I think, than anything else with, with like, Priest. He's got such a good look, such a good voice. He's got height, that kind of stuff. And I mean, and when we're talking about age, just a, a real quick touch on it. Like Rock is over fifty now, and he, he he's he looks better than half the people on the fucking roster. Yeah, but that's the Rock. It's not. He's not coming. It wouldn't be his look, would it? The 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 propels him. Yeah, I the, mean, he know, would get a shot if he wasn't the Rock. He would get a shot by looking the way he does. You go, well, fuck, the guy looks like somebody. Let's fucking, you know, put him in. Like, um, if Ryback didn't have all his fucking baggage or whatever the hell people think is wrong with him, um, the motherfucker's a monster and he has a look to him. So you get your foot in the door just by being born a certain way. 
Yeah, and that's that's how that's how wrestling has always been. You needed to be born with that with that look. It's mm-hmm. not it's not a case now where it's too much now of like, oh, I watch wrestling and I decided to be a wrestler and now everybody gets a gets a chance to do it. Yeah. Um, you know, Adam Adam Cole wouldn't have been in wrestling twenty five years ago. Did you see the thing that's going around right now? It's like something like, oh, look who was one of the extras in WWE years ago or whatever, right? And it's Ryback and he's yeah. getting food. I saw that a while back, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah, go on. You can- and so he's pushing around cool. one of the extras to the wall, and it's fucking Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks looks exactly the same as he does right now. Like, not a fucking... Didn't look like he aged a day. Mm. So, and I'm looking at this, and Ryback's punking him out, rubbing food in his face, being the bully, all that shit, right? And I wrote back to Fausti, who sent it to me, and I said, look at the fucking difference. I said, one looks like a wrestler... And one does not. It is startling, the difference. And in the wrestling business, yeah, of course, you know, good match, good match, talent, talent, all that kind of stuff. But you really got to have a fucking a look to you, too. I mean, Hogan wasn't some Mr. Fucking Chain wrestler. He could if he fucking needed to, though. We saw him doing Japan shit. So it's like he had capability of doing it. It's not what was fucking needed at that day and time. Um, certain organizations, things are needed differently like AEW I think needs flipping and flopping and if you don't do that I think you're on the lower end no matter what you look like um but size of fucking Ryback compared to that it's like when I see um Nick Wayne gets in the ring against uh Brian Cage and I go are we supposed to believe that um that Nick Wayne has a gun in his pocket because how else is this fucking um happening because the, the size of he was the size of fucking Cage's leg, so you know I get that you know that's all bullshit and everybody's just okay. Let's have a dance, things like that. But at the same time, you try to get something a little realistic. Yeah, that's 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 the problem I think that I have with it as well. Like I, I'm I'm not small, but I still think that wrestlers should be a little larger than me i'm no way a super human i think that um see i you know as as somebody has a as a son i would like them to get to my above my height and and be more muscular and more physical and you know and more physically um what am i trying to say here more physically impressive than 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 me that would be how i would how, how it, but but the wrestlers, they need to be monsters. They don't need to be physically impressive like a like a bodybuilder or or a or a fashion model or anything like that. Because you know, I think ideally we've always had the we've always had the look of the men who appear on the boxes of Calvin Klein's and things like that, who have been seen as the type of men who women would go for. But then those men also go into Hollywood, like the Hollywood actors are not small guys like we had stallone in there and bruce willis they were more of the they're shorter though they're short guys really in Hollywood. good build that was achieved. yeah they are yeah but I, i'm saying that I'm, I'm maybe okay so ideally a bit taller than that but also that was the kind of build that people were were looking at mm-hmm. or maybe if we look at a couple other people like um maybe the, the guy that plays captain america the guy that plays superman these are not 
uh, seen as like superhumans, but they're the they're the type of guys that people would think that women would go for. So you're looking at the guys being maybe two hundred pounds, lean, chiseled. That was the kind of the look, but that wasn't the wrestling look. The wrestling look was monsters, absolute monsters. Now, only now has more like the more chiseled kind of smaller look got over. And I still don't have an issue with that when someone comes in and they've got abs and, and everything and, and everything in the right places like that. Remember when we had, remember two guys from La Resistance when they came in, they had that kind of build <laughs> yeah. and then they had that Robert, Robert Omway, uh, who was in the group afterwards. He had that kind of build. They didn't get anywhere. So we had those guys even coming in who had like the the six packs and, and everything like that, but they but were smaller, but they weren't getting anywhere. They they still liked the absolutely huge bodybuilders like like Batista. And now suddenly it's like, okay, yeah, we'll we'll push Daniel Bryan, we'll push Adam Cole. Um we'll I mean, look, LA Knight's there right now. LA Knight has that he's six, I think he's six foot dead. Mm. He has that Calvin Klein like physique. He he has that Calvin Klein box physique, but there's no way that would be enough uh, at the peak of at the peak of wrestling. And it's and I don't and I don't then the problem with him is I don't think it's enough to get you to stop the channel. I think if you're not watching wrestling and you haven't um, and you and you're not this is the thing that people need to understand. Crowds when you go to a wrestling event and you buy a ticket, you want to be entertained. You want to participate. So if someone's giving you something that you can sing along to, you can then participate. And then people watching that on TV, their thought is, oh, I look forward to doing that when I go. If you're not going, if you're not the type of person who will ever go and you're just watching pro wrestling for because you watch pro wrestling when it's on, because it's the best thing on TV in that time slot, you don't give a fuck about any of that. So... And and if you're and if you're watching wrestling casually on and off, LA Knight's not going to make you stop. So despite the fact everybody wants to tell me that he's going to be the combination of the Rock and Austin, I don't fucking see that. I see him being a wrestling guy who's liked by wrestling fans and will do well well with the hardcore wrestling fans, just like Daniel Bryan did. That is his ceiling to me. He's not the Rock. He's not Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's not going to be one of these people. Like, like, if you think that, and you think that he's being screwed because he's not getting this huge push, and he's not beating Roman Reigns next April, then you're then you're a moron who, again, is just one of these people that fall in line with the narrative. You hear something, you see these stupid fucking Mark podcasts saying this one thing or another. And you just jump on the bandwagon. Like try and have, try and have, use your brain that God gave you, and have an original thought, and and think about if this is really going to work beyond you, a, a, an obsessed wrestling fan who watches everything. Think about the man in the street, your mum, your dad, your brother, your friends, if you have any. Um, think about how if that is going to make somebody watch wrestling. La Knight shouting yeah, or and all the things he does. So my thing with the L.A. Knight stuff is I saw a lot of Austin in him when uh, he started doing his stuff. Like, his his mannerisms and everything were very Austin-esque to me. Um, I don't think it's anything that's, like, going to be outside of wrestling. Like, I think he could be 
uh, a star in wrestling, sure. But my main issue is when people are crying that he didn't win this four-way thing and that he's not, like, going to win the U.S. title tomorrow. And I'm like, don't you remember? I clearly remember this. When Austin was getting hot, not the fucking white hot when, you know, after he already had title and stuff like that, but before he had the title, and he was getting that niche popular where people were starting to cheer and going, this guy's fucking cool and fun. And people were getting into him and he was still an asshole bad guy and things like this. He did lose mm. fucking matches. He wasn't like, oh, they're cheering for him. Let's push him to the fucking moon. They slowed him the fuck down and it took a while and they let him grow organically and kind of check to see. If the fucking crowd stayed with him more than a fucking week or if he was just a fucking flash in a pan of, you know, popular and if he would have support. And I think it actually helps him when they hold somebody back a little bit. You fucking get hungry. Now you're going to cheer fucking more because these motherfuckers aren't giving it to him. I fucking love this guy. I'm cheering even more. I'm cheering even more. If it was, oh, fuck, they cheered for him. Okay, let's give him a title. They, it's, it's like... Fucking easy. Calm down. We can let this guy fucking grow and get even fucking bigger. Fan the flames. You don't need to fucking just go, okay, we're fucking done. We, we could walk there. I know he's, you know, older, but he, I'm like I said, in the whole 40 deal, it's like he has fucking plenty of fucking time. Like, you tell me if he fucking ended up as the fucking world champion in five years, that would be a fucking issue. You fucking work your way there. He just got there. Fuck, he was just fucking Max Dupree, for God's sake, and he got himself out of that. So, I mean, the guy's obviously talented enough to get himself over with, you know, his attitude and his talking and his charisma and everything like that. It's like, have a little bit of fucking faith. I know this company doesn't give us that much, and I think that's what most people, like, they're gun-shy because the company, you know, always fucks up a lot of shit. But give it some fucking time. Be patient. Let it fucking grow. We, we can fucking get there. Are, are you with me on this? Do you think? Sh let it fucking play out. Let it fucking organically fucking grow. Somebody's hot for fucking a second. We don't need to fucking, you know, end the world. Yeah, because we had this. We had this before. Like, this is. Like, Fandango had his chance go, yep. going and. Other people have had their, their chance going, and people and they they tried to run with people, but sometimes they've ruined it by once the company get behind it. Um, sometimes they ruin it. Um, they ruined the, the Fandango thing when when they started to acknowledge it. Um, Rusev Day didn't work. Um, the only one was Daniel Bryan because they didn't acknowledge it, and the, and the fans were actually getting agitated that they didn't. And it almost worked for him that they were ignoring him because they straight away just went and oh look they're cheering Daniel Bryan let's just fucking go with it then he wouldn't have been as popular but that can't always work going against the grain like sometimes or most of the time if you don't strike while the iron is hot yeah. then the person will lose momentum but if they do lose momentum like Lex Luger did um, then Lex Luger wasn't the right person to be on top, which mm -hmm. he, which he wasn't. So, um, with LA Knight, for me, as I said, we've reached a point where 
the same people, the same core audience are going to watch. Sometimes Raw will pick up 300,000 extra people. Sometimes SmackDown, if the bloodline especially are involved in a, a heavily promoted segment or there is a suspicion that um, that um, a big a big turn or a big angle or a big or big something big is going to happen in terms of um, involve, evolving or developing storyline, then then that will pop an extra you know five hundred thousand. That has the capacity to do an extra half a million people. Like both of them have a, a ceiling of people that they can pull in. LA Knight is not on top, isn't going to pull in any more than what they already do. When they have a really good episode of Raw that's built up, LA Knight doing, LA Knight's not even on Raw. So LA Knight being on SmackDown isn't going to do anything that the bloodline aren't going to do. If the bloodline for a heavily promoted segment are pulling in another half million, so you can take your 1.9 past the two, I think they can do what, 2.3, maybe, I don't know if they've done 2.4, but they, but that's what they can do. I mean, they even did, they beat AW on FX1. Do you understand how embarrassing that is for, for AW? Like, AW is just completely out of the race now. If WWE are beating Dynamite on, on FX1, which no one has, then that kind of shows you how far apart the companies are. We'll talk about AEW in a second. But LA Knight couldn't do that. <clears throat> LA Knight challenging Austin Theory for the title this week on FX1 would not draw 1.2. And he never will. It never will be enough. He's not that guy. He is a guy who wrestling fans want pushed in as a uh, as a wrestling performer into a great wrestling spot. He's not that crossover star, in my opinion. Um, but if this fan base, who do put their hand in the pocket, are paying out, you should reward them. But at the same time, you don't have to. Because ain't nobody walking out or not paying you money or not buying a T-shirt or not buying an action figure or anything if LA Knight doesn't get this push. And that's the thing. Do you want to change the course of people's storylines? For example, if you are heavily invested in Austin Theory and you think Austin Theory is the crossover star because he's in his 20s, because girls will like his look, because he can go on to TV shows and he does look like that, that real star, he probably does have slightly more the Calvin Klein build than the Hulk Hogan build. But I don't think it's as much as other people who um, who have been in the company, like such as an LA Knight. <clears throat> I think theory you could argue is is more towards that that John Cena end of things. Does he have more of a ceiling at his age and being able to put him onto audiences? And do you need to do you change direction from Austin Theory to LA Knight just because he's hot at the moment with the wrestling fans? Who will never stop watching wrestling anyway? It doesn't make sense, or what? Or in fact, it makes more sense what I'm saying as to like why they don't do it. The the Austin Theory thing, like you could see that he would be the next in line to be, you know, uh, how, running the company type of thing with his age and his looks and his everything, right? And but there is something missing. There, there is something missing when it comes to, like, he's fine at talking, being smarmy and all that shit, but 
I don't know. There is there is something with charisma to where it is there or not, and there is like another level of it there with some people where it's like L.A. Knight obviously has it without you know thinking about it, but theory there is just something fucking missing and i i cannot tell you what the fuck it is um but i think you ride with the audience you ride with what the audience wants i mean it's always been that theory's still in that phase that roman was in for a long time where he comes into the business and when you look at the people who produce the show even triple h Triple H was a star because he got pushed a lot. He got a lot of wins, a lot, a lot of belts, got associated with a lot of people. He wasn't The Rock. He wasn't Steve Austin. But he was a guy they didn't mind losing to because he was so big. Mm. He, he made himself big and he was good in the ring. And he was just a safe worker decent talker but he wasn't the best he didn't know how to get himself over as the number one star his baby faces runs deep runs didn't work um to the to the way that people wanted the, the, the company would have wanted to he was never the number one guy he wasn't seen a rock austin it wasn't that so he's one person other people there tyson kid um tyson kid uh, jeff jarrett's gone um, who else is there? Jason Jordan, Road Dog. Listen, these people—they know the wrestling business. They know how to um, how to talk and how to wrestle, but they don't know how to become huge megastars. Even Triple H doesn't. Even Shawn Michaels doesn't. So, this is the thing: you need to be able to find it on your own. You need to be the type of person who takes in things uh, around you with pop culture be watching Netflix, be watching Amazon, be watching YouTube be watching TikTok you need to find what taps into the next megastar because it's not going to come from wrestling and it's not going to come from these wrestling people. That's why I think shows like Keeping It 100 and listening to Disco and Conan is absolutely pointless. I couldn't give a fuck what they think I don't care what their old ass wrestling bubble opinions are i don't care i don't give a fuck i don't agree with anything conan said he's boring conan listening to conan every week was so boring most boring podcast you could listen to but when you listen to people who've done other things i'm not i'm not saying that i have all the answers but i have had the number one porn series in my country i have had the most watched wrestling match in my country since 1981 so I have gone and actually done things in wrestling and in and in, in club nights and in other industries. I've been in reality TV. So I know all I knew all sides of entertainment. So and and my brother still works as a huge like events coordinator. So and, and I, I I know what is entertaining and what is not. I have a fucking twelve year old son. He tells me what TikTok is good, what TikToker is shit, who's this, who's that, who fucking um, Sniper Wolf is and who Darman is and all this shit. I, I know all this stuff, right? This is what these guys need to do. Road Dog's not going to tell you. Michael Hayes is not going to tell you. Jason Jordan's not going to tell you. Jeff Jarrett, when he's there, is not going to tell you. And Triple H is not going to tell you. It's up to you to find out how you tap into that X Factor, just like John Cena did. With that fucking rat gimmick, he turned himself into Eminem, 
probably like two years after Eminem was in his peak, actually. But he still did that at the right time. And I'm not saying that Austin Theory needs to turn himself into the, the best TikToker or, or whatever. But he, he needs to find whatever it is by himself to get himself organically over. And then if he can do that, the look and the wrestling takes care of itself. Otherwise, the somebody else is going to come along with the look, whether it be um, shit, what's um, Steiner's kid? Um, fuck, why is his name uh, Bron Breaker? Because it's so stupid. That's that, that name. That's why. Whether it be a Bron Breaker or whether it be somebody else that comes through NXT, someone else is going to find that that X Factor personality and do it. But at the moment, Theory's in the perfect position to do it. He just needs to find his own voice, like Cena did and like Roman did. Because once those guys find it, then they can be real stars. The problem with Theory, if they try to do it with the way he is, and if he has a good US title reign, and then he gets beaten by a heel, and then he turns babyface, and they give him the championship, fans are going to turn on him because they're going to be like, oh, well, you've been destined for this since day one, and we don't like that. We're just going to turn on you anyways. It has to actually work. And that's why it's so surprising to me that the Cody thing is still working so well at this point. Now, Cody's a far better talker than, than Theory, but he is very much that white meat, shove it down your throat, babyface. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons that works is because all of the shit fans, like when you stick a burger on a George Foreman grill and all the shit comes out the bottom, <laughs> that, dirty, that dirty oil, that fat, and it's a good, this is a good analogy, has literally gone to AEW. So WWE have got rid of all that grease and fat, literally, because if you look at a state of these fat cunts, like you can see them and what they are. All of that horrible grease and dirt that nobody wants to put in their body, those guys have gone over to AEW. And that's why now guys are getting more of a chance because these people with lives who aren't obsessed with wrestling and taking over the show, they will not now hijack the show because they don't get what they want. Um, they now will go and hijack an AEW show instead because they, an AEW will give them what they want every week, which turns into a shit show for casual fans because they've got Ching Chong Ding Along coming out <laughs> to do a pay-per-view um, every month, every year. And meanwhile, all of the um, the casual fans are tuning out because you're booking for these fat, greasy dirtbags who come out of a burger in the George Foreman grill, who WWE got rid of, and now they're at AEW. That's why I think that someone like Cody could work, and that's why I think Theory could work as a babyface. But even in this kind of era, where I do believe that that hardcore, horrible fan is gone, he still needs to be a lot better. He still needs to find some sort of niche to get over. He can't just be, I'm a, I'm a good, I'm a bad guy who looks like this, and then be, oh, hey, now I'm a good guy who looks like this, it's not go- who talks okay. It's not going to work. Look, his ceiling, doing it this way, is going to be Randy Orton. Because Randy Orton was never the top guy either. He was always a good wrestler who had a good look. And he did hit some, he did find some X Factor, as a baby face. And I think now, because he's got tenure, he's very, very respected. But I don't think that Randy Orton ever worked as the number one baby face in the company. He always had something missing when he turned face. 
Because he has a heel, he found it because he was a psycho, um, manic depressant with a temper issue. That all worked. He found it there. I can't say that he wasn't, he's not one of the greatest heels ever. But as a babyface, he always struggled. And that could be Theory's problem as well. Sometimes guys, they just don't find their voice as a babyface. And that could be Theory's problem. So you were mentioning AEW in that that you were just talking about. Um, have you been watching any AEW lately? So I got behind. And the reason I got behind was is because I was trying to watch. I was only watching Dynamite before. I dropped Rampage ages ago. But I couldn't fully drop Collision because CM Punk was on it. And because I know what CM Punk gets paid, I always feel that that's going to be always going to be an important storyline development. So because I was trying to watch Dynamite, as I usually do at the gym, and then I thought, oh, hold on a minute. I need to save Dynamite because I need to watch Collision first because I need to watch it in order. Mm. Can't watch these Dynamite. I can't do my routine of watching Dynamite on Thursday when I've missed out Collision. And that's when I started to get behind because I didn't have enough time because now it's just too much content for me. Um, and this is and this is what sometimes people don't understand. When people begin to feel like they're missing something, have you ever watched a series? Have you ever been watching a series and then you got busy and then the series just moved on and you just gave up on it? I, I have given up on a series before, yeah, and um, where I'm like, and I was kind of into the series, but I just, I guess it just didn't hold me as much as I thought it would. Well, that's the thing. It needs to be super compelling, like something like Cobra Kai for me, to keep to keep you. Sopranos, baby, that's your next going. one. But yeah, I, I, but I, 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 this happened with me with um, you, the, the 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 show on Netflix. Like I watched the mm. first two seasons. I thought it was really good. Season three wasn't really hitting. And then, like, I kind of left it after four episodes. I thought maybe you're, like, watching too much at once. You're not you're not really taking it in anymore. And then, like, I, I sort of didn't get back to it. And then season four came out, and I started watching season four, and I thought, oh, fuck, I didn't even remember I didn't watch season three. I tried to just quickly rush through season three, and then, like, then started to start season four. And I just gave up on it i thought this is becoming a chore like this is not this good that i need to allocate this much time to it it was good and now it's not as good as it was it's still good but it's not something that i need to commit to and that is what aw is it's not good enough for me to commit to it now where i need to invest four hours and if i don't invest the four hours i feel like i'm missing the show so, yes, obviously I can fast forward through it. That is the approach I'm now taking because my job is to do this show and I can't be this far behind on AEW. At the moment, I am at the... So I had to... I watched a Dynamite because everybody was talking about the MJF, um, Adam Cole thing. Mm -hmm. So I watched last week's Dynamite and missed the final of the tournament. So, because I knew from Dynamite Ricky Starks won it, I now need to watch quickly watch through the three-hour episode where the tournament final happened, 
Then I need to watch the other collision where I think it finishes with a tag match. And then I need to watch yesterday's Dynamite. So I now have six hours to watch or seven hours to watch. I will try not to do seven hours because by by Saturday, that will be nine hours. If I don't watch seven hours before Saturday, that'll be nine hours. Can you see how it starts to become, yeah. fuck this, like I'm just not watching it anymore. But you That's also what got people a fast need to understand. When you start adding... But this is the thing that I have, but this is the problem. If you're Tony Khan or you're anybody who's creating a show, sometimes less is more. And sometimes people very much underestimate the effect of maybe people will give up on this if I give them too much content. If I And if I don't have the balls to make it clear, look, Tony Khan never came out and flat out said, oh, look, Rampage is the B show. He actually tried to do the opposite and say that Rampage is the A show. I worked out Rampage was the B show and cut it out myself. And I'm okay with that. I'm. It's okay. Hey, and sometimes it makes sense to go, look, this is your ABC, right? This is your one, two, three, your ABC. And then I can say, okay, so I will watch number one if you're telling me. But if you're telling me it's two equal shows, and if I look at the people on it and CM Punk for me is such a leveler, even though he tried to sue me, um, and, and and think that that is that he he's such a he's such a leveler where I need to watch it, where I need to find four hours, and I I continue to struggle and I continue to struggle. And let's say by the time All In comes around, I'm 15 hours behind. Maybe I'll stop watching AW. Um, so, or maybe I'll just fuck all of that 15 hours off, watch All In and start again afterwards. It, 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 it doesn't always work like that where, oh, if someone watches this, they'll watch that. Sometimes two hours a week is the perfect amount or an hour and a half a week is the perfect amount when you can fast forward through certain bits. So people need to bear that in mind. Less is more. And if you are going to create more, make it very definitive what you, what people need to see in order to keep up with the product. It was the same thing. Like I can give you so many examples of things where um, Tiger King, you, you um, Stranger Things. I started watching Stranger Things and then season four came out and Austin's like, oh, season four's come out. The first episode, season four, was an hour and a half. And I was like, fuck this. Like, I've gone from 45 episodes to trying to watch this for the sake of my son so that we've got something to talk about to now having to commit to a movie every single episode. It's just too much. Like, and I've never watched Stranger Things season four because of that reason. Because I've never, I've never been interested enough to dedicate the same amount of time as that that I would to a movie because there's loads of movies that is a one-off commitment because if you watch Stranger Things episode one, season four, you need to watch episode two and then you watch episode three. A series is a long-term commitment. But instead, what I could do is I could go and tick off all these fucking movie recommendations that people give me where they say, oh my God, you have to watch this horror film. It's the greatest. Oh my God, you have to watch this. This is the funniest film I ever seen or, or whatever. Like, you you know, some bullshit thing that you told me to watch once with a camcorder or guy or whatever. So it's like, um, yeah, I, I'd rather catch up with all the movie recommendations that I get given as opposed to watching a season of Stranger Things where every episode's an hour and a half. And that's the boat that AEW's in at the moment. I'm not going to give up on it because I can't, because otherwise it significantly damages the show, especially as we're moving into 
an era where um, people are going to pay us for additional content. But at the same time, um, it's a fucking struggle. I wouldn't, I don't say I enjoy it. And I don't enjoy the prospect of sometimes before I'm going to bed, when I know I'm tired, like now, and I'm probably going to go to bed in like the next 30, 40 minutes, and I want to just watch the two episodes of The Office or two episodes of Seinfeld, which is what I call bedtime viewing, bedtime bedtime shows. Mm-hmm. And I can't because I am obligated to watch seven hours of AW that I need to start getting through. That's a problem because who needs to get through shows? Only people that work on those shows, which is what we do. So it's not fun anymore. Yeah, I, I mean, a lot of time, like if I'm behind in um, Raw on a certain day, I'm like, thank God for the fast forward button. And it's and it's mostly just for recaps because we've all we've fucking already watched this shit. So it's like there is a lot you could chop out and get get, you know, low down when um, and it comes to the, there's certain matches where you're like, who really gives a shit? You know, and you, you could, you know, fast forward that and you could see if anything happens during it. But your best bet is almost to watch it on, uh, you know, on speed. And do that like uh, Russo used to do. Remember, I we would talk to him on video, and we would go, "How do you watch it?" And he would point his uh, hand at the fucking camera and do like a thumb, like he was fast forward. <laughs> and he gets paid good money. You'd think he would sit there and write notes for everything, but you know, guess not. Um, anything else that you want to say before we get out of here? We actually wanted to give you guys a forty-minute show, but an hour and twenty later, you know. <laughs> Is that how long he's been? Oh, yeah, because he's fucking... <laughs> we, we jumped off for a bit. Now, I'm looking at the clock thinking, all right, we got to get to an hour. <laughs> yeah, we um, we paused the show because of the uh, the delay in the phone line. And we I just called him back and we tried to do it. And you guys have no idea that we did that. But, um, yeah, um, on Billy's phone, he resets and he's looking at the time tick down. Meanwhile, I'm seeing the real time at an hour and 21 minutes. <laughs> But I'm like, hey, it's a conversation. I look People like I need like some to. of the more. Yeah, it's a good, it's a, it's a, it's a good breakdown. Like I, I, I'm firmly behind my, like sort of my analysis of of where LA Knight's at. I think it's important. I think it's an important point to kind of explain like the less is more situation as well. Um, I think I think that's a good takeaway from the show. So yeah, I mean, these weren't things we we're supposed to talk about, but now that you know we have, we have. I think that it's a good thing for people to digest and then later on down the line, they can converse with us. Um, like how much, how, like, you know, I'd love to know if you, if you take out rampage and you take out NXT, um, do you consume the nine hours that you're supposed to consume as, as a wrestling fan of raw SmackDown, um, collision and dynamite or, is there anybody out there that just says, I'm just totally WWE. I'll watch NXT. I'll, I'll watch NXT Raw and SmackDown. Or is it someone that's like completely AW and then you watch like the highlights of, of, um, of SmackDown? What are your routines for the week? And it, does anybody watch all six shows? Um, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Dynamite, Rampage, and Collision. Does anybody watch all six? Sad, sadly, um, I every do. Single... <laughs> Fuck. Because, yeah. I mean, I well, give a rundown. Here's the thing. AEW gets me the most listens. 
You watch Rampage? Yeah. And we're waiting to oh, not yeah. watch it because we go, <clears throat> eventually that's going to turn into Sunday Night Heat. It's going to go away, uh, we assume, because of see, I see, collision. I see, like, in, I see Tony in that on there. So I, I, I'm tempted to like, I like, then that's the thing. I, 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 I want to see what. Yeah, I want to see what Tony and Paige are doing. So I'm interested in that group. I, I'm not one of these people that are like, oh, they're really bad. I'm just like, well, they're hot. So I want to see them. Yeah, um, I, I think it's a waste of money with the Paige thing. She didn't fucking wrestle at all. She's barely over there. It's like, what the fuck's going on? Um, but yeah, things still are happening on Rampage. Until things are like, it's just uh, superstars, then I could fucking get rid of it. But I'm like, mm. fuck, there's always... And and for my show, you know how my show is much different. I'm not talking about, well, now there was an arm bar and the match was this and that. I don't do a, a star system like fucking Dave. My thing is pointing out goofy shit. Stupid story shit, um, botches, anything fucking I can make a joke out of. Um, barely ever talking about the actual fucking match. And there are still a lot of things that I could fucking mention. So it's like, shit, there's still there's still gold in this show for me to fucking talk about. I think by far Collision's the better show of all of them, of all three of those uh, AEW shows. It has a different feel to it. They try to be Saturday night's main event, even to the openings. But... Um, it does have a completely different feel than Dynamite does. And I think it's a better show than Dynamite. I think it's lit differently. And I think um, I think there's less fuck-ups on Collision. I feel Dynamite has, uh, it's a bit more botchy. So, I don't know. I, I, I look much more forward to uh, Collision than I do uh, Dynamite. Uh, let's go. Okay. That's it, kids. All my nonsense is at Lingus Mafia. I never told you that in the beginning. Uh, Patreon.com slash Lingus Mafia. You get a seven-day free trial for this month. It is almost over in the month, but if you even hit it the last day of the month, you still get seven days into August. You can get all of the Saturday night main events. Every day there is a different show for Saturday night main event, all 41 of them, and uh, it is released every day at 11.30 p.m. Eastern, just like the real times used to be. Um, that includes the main event as well. We don't, like, have a separate. It's all part of Saturday Night Main Event. Um, my new Twitter, let's see if my Twitter blows up, because I've never even promoted my own personal Twitter. I always just use Lingus Mafia, right? So now that I've had to get a new Twitter, uh, let's see what happens. Um, it's Cav Manning 9. Cav Manning, the number 9. And... Um, See see what happens there. And uh, let's see if we can fucking blow that up by chance. But uh, remember, you want to go mostly to at Dirty Sheets X. That is where you're going to get everything for this show. Uh, you could ask questions. You could send DMs. I will ask them on the show to Billy if um, you're requesting Billy to be on another show or anything like that. It will be relayed to, that, to him, everything. Um, I almost gave you a different pronoun. I called you them. Um, and everything you want to do is through that. Is that it, Billy boy? Yeah. All right. We'll see you next week. Finish him. <laughs>